0: to the Lord, all you lands, serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing, and know that he is the Lord, he is God, it is he who made us, and not we ourselves, we are his people, and the sheep of his pasture, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, and be thankful to him, and bless his name, for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures. Into all generations. This reading from Psalm 100 in my Bible is headed a psalm of thanksgiving. And it's one of a number of psalms in the collection that are songs of thanksgiving that David gives to Jehovah God. I thought it'd be appropriate for us this morning as we are on the verge of our national holiday in the United States of thanksgiving. For us to think about Thanksgiving, and particularly since we are reading from the Psalms, the last part of this year, that we learned some lessons from the Psalms about Thanksgiving. And so while we will have maybe a passage or two from the New Testament uh, about Thanksgiving this morning, I want to direct most of our attention to either Psalms we have already been reading or we will read before the end of the year this specifically speak to the issue of thanksgiving and how that we need to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Sure is good to see each one this morning. We're glad that you're with us. If you're a guest, we issue a very special and warm welcome, and we hope that you will come back on other occasions as you have opportunity. I hope that as you're a part of this church family, that you are reading the Psalms. There's probably not any more devotional aspect of God's Word that can motivate and inspire and comfort and help you and uh, just whatever kind of a mood or situation you might be in in life you can find a psalm that will address that particular need that you have and so it's a very very rich section of scripture and I'm enjoying the fact that we're reading it together so we want to look this morning from some psalms that will help us in understanding what it means to be thankful. Let's begin just with a very simple concept that I think most of us as Christians would agree to and recognize, that God commands us to be thankful. I mean, that, that's true in every age and dispensation. And certainly the psalmist brings that out. In Psalm fifty and 14, he says, offer to the Lord thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. The word there, offer, is an action, isn't it? And the understood subject of that verb, offer, is you. In fact, we would say, hermeneutically, it's a direct command, that we are commanded that we should offer thanksgiving to God. God commands us to be thankful. And so here's where a couple New Testament passages are good to come in, that we understand, surely, even if I didn't offer you these passages, that that's not just something in the Old Testament. That's not just some devotional thought of the psalmist who is in a melancholy mood and got to thinking about God. That God in our age today wants us to be thankful. A very succinct passage is 1 Thessalonians 5.18 where Paul simply writes, in everything give thanks. Now you think about that. We tend to think about giving thanks for certain things that we really appreciate things that we like, things that that we feel are good for us or bless us in some way. And yet he said, in everything give thanks. And that may be difficult at times for us, for some things to think, is there anything by which I can find an attitude of thanksgiving in that? That Paul says that we need to look for that. And in everything give thanks. And then the second part of that verse is this, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, and so if there's any doubt that we are commanded as New Testament Christians to be a thankful people and to give thanks, that 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 notion is eliminated when we come to this passage that he tells us to do that. And then one other New Testament passage is Colossians three and verse seventeen, where he says, "And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father." through him we often like to cite that passage to talk about doing things by authority and that passage certainly teaches that that whatever we do that we're to do in his name or by his authority but then he says that we do that giving thanks to God and so Christians are commanded to be thankful God commands us to be a thankful people but let's talk about some reasons why why has God commanded us to be thankful? Is it because that God is such an egotist that God wants us to be saying thank you to him all of the time? No, that obviously is not it. In the first place, I just suggest it's good for us. It is good for us to be thankful. The psalmist said it is good to give thanks to the Lord in Psalm 92 and verse 1. It is good. Yeah. It is a good thing because it helps us be better. It helps us be more what we ought to be. You know, we teach our children that. We have spent this past week with four of the loveliest, brightest, beautiful grandchildren you've ever seen in your life. But I have to admit, after a whole week, they're not quite as perfect as I thought maybe they were. (laughs) They they get into it a little bit with this thing and that thing, especially the three-year-olds. And you do something, and they're... Parents, to their credit, will say, thank Papa, thank, pa- th- thank Grammy, and we try to teach children. It's good for children to learn to be thankful. We know that's the right thing, isn't it? And for them to develop an appreciation and not just selfishly have some expectation that everything that's handed to them, that they've earned it, that they deserve it. It is good, the psalmist says, to give thanks to the Lord. Who's it good for It's good for me. It makes me a better person. It makes me have an attitude and a spirit that God wants me to have. It's good for us to give thanks to the Lord. But secondly, it honors and magnifies God. Now, in my illustration, and we've all done this with children, that we want them to show appreciation to the person that extended us a favor or a gift or goodwill or did something nice for us that is appropriate to thank that individual. They did it. They, they took care of that. Thank them. Well, really, even though I may do something nice for my grandkids or do something nice for some other person, if I have the ability to do that, it's because God has blessed me to do that. It all comes from God. And so we give thanks because Thanksgiving honors God and it magnifies God. Back in Psalm 50 that we read, uh, earlier in our studies, in verse twenty-three, he said, "Whoever offers praise glorifies me, and to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God." And so, thanksgiving honors God; it praises God; it magnifies God, and it shows that we understand the source of our blessings, that that where they came from. And it's right and proper that we do that. But then a third thing I would suggest, a reason that we need to be thankful, it is an indicator of our spiritual condition. In Psalm 140, verse 13, he says, Surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name, and the upright shall dwell in your presence. There are two words here that are connected with the idea of giving thanks to God. They speak of character. They speak of our integrity. One is righteous, the righteous, and the other is the upright. Those words speak to the spiritual condition that we are in. And when we're in the right kind of spiritual frame of mind and the right relationship with God and in the right spiritual condition, we are righteous, we are upright, and therefore we want to give thanks because of that. Righteous people thank God. Upright people show gratitude to God. There are no doubt countless other reasons we could talk about, but these are three good biblical reasons in the Psalms that tell us why God commands us to be thankful. May I suggest to you that gratitude is really an attitude? You know, when we talk about the word attitude, we, we define attitude as an outlook, a point of view, a mental frame of reference. And it's been said, the most basic thing about a person is their attitude. I mean, countless self-help books have been written by motivational authors about attitude. One wrote, writer just wrote a book said, Attitude makes a difference. And it really does in everything in life, doesn't it? I mean, in, in terms of our jobs, professions, or occupations, in terms of our relationship and our church family, in terms of our home and family life, I mean, in everything that we do. It comes back to our thinking, to our attitude. And so I suggest that gratitude is an attitude. It is an outlook that we have. And some people have developed an attitude of gratitude where they're always being thankful and looking at the idea of giving thanks. Matthew Henry, the commentator, some of you probably have his his set of commentaries that are pretty good, And he was known for being a person that was extremely thankful. In fact, he was always talking about that no matter what happens to you, you can be thankful. Well, one day he was, obviously, kids, this is a long time ago, when Matthew Henry lived, that he was on the way to an evangelistic appointment, riding his horse, and some robbers accosted him and robbed him of everything he had. When he showed up at his appointment and the story had gotten out, they'd been robbed. People thought, well, what's thankful Henry going to have to say today? How can he be thankful that he was robbed? But Matthew Henry later said that in that he even found thanksgiving. He said, even though I was robbed, he said, I'm thankful that it wasn't much. And he said, and I'm thankful that I wasn't harmed that they only took money and they didn't take my life. And then he said, I'm thankful that I was the one that was robbed and I wasn't the one that robbed. Now, you might think that's a little extreme, that he's trying to find good in this dire circumstance. But that's an attitude, isn't it? That we look at everything in life and we seek to find something good that we have the right kind of attitude. In Psalm 54 and verse 6, the psalmist said, I will freely sacrifice to you I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. And then in 86:12 he said, I will praise you, O Lord my God, with all of my heart, and I will glorify your name forever. There are two things that I learned here. One, thankfulness comes from the heart. Thankfulness comes from within. That's what I mean gratitude is an attitude that it comes from the heart of an individual, that it is inward. But the second thing I learned here, that it should be freely given. Now, it is right and proper to prod children because we want to sow the seed of an attitude. We want to help them to be grateful, don't we? We want to teach them that they should always be thankful. But what would you think about if you did something nice for me and I just took it and Norma said, Now, honey, say thank you. That's weird. They, she even had to say it, there's something wrong with me as a 69-year-old man that I don't already have that attitude. And so we reach kind of a point in life, you see, just by virtue of having lived a few years, that it comes from our heart and it's freely offered. We don't have to stop and think about, well, should I be thankful for that? Should I say thank you for that? And there are countless things that have happened to us every day that we can be thankful for, not only to God, but thankful to other people that God puts in our way. Gratitude is a personal quality that that, that molds our character. It's not just something we say. They're not just words. Have you, have you ever gone in someplace to shop and uh, the the clerk or maybe a restaurant or something and they mumble thank you and they don't even look at you? You feel like that's not too sincere. Now, I know when you go to Chick-fil-A, we don't go today, right? Because they're closed Sunday. You Remember my sermon, that means every Sunday? Okay. They're closed Sunday, it says. But you do, you you say thank you to them for something, and they look at you in the eye and they go, my pleasure. Now, I know they're taught to do that. And in fact, I like to say thank you. I like to hear that. I like to say things to get them to say my pleasure. But, you know, I honestly feel like they really mean it. Now, I know they're taught to do that, but they look you in the eye and the young people smile and say, my pleasure. I I like that, that we have that that comes from within us and it should be freely given that we don't have to be prompted to do that. Gratitude is an attitude now. How do we give thanks? Well, the psalmist tells us that we do it audibly. It's not just something that we feel on in the inside. It's not just our thoughts. It's not just the attitude. It's not just the mind, but that we do it with our with our voice, with verbal testimony. The psalmist said in Psalm twenty six and seven that I may proclaim with a voice of thanksgiving and tell of all your wondrous works. And Psalm 34 and 1, he said, I will bless the Lord at all times, and, I will and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Or Psalm 35 and 28, and my tongue shall speak of your righteousness and of your praise all the day long. And so it is audible, it is with verbal testimony that we proclaim the thanksgiving and the wondrous works of God. But it was with song at times. Psalm 28, verse 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song I will praise him. And so we come as we have this morning, and we praise God in song. We thank God in song. In fact, there are some. Songs in our book that are actually psalms that have been set to music today of thanksgiving. And so we come and we sing praises to him. Psalm 147 and 7 simply says, sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. And so while singing in a corporate way, collective way, teaches and edifies one another and we speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, we praise God. We give thanks to God audibly with song, and then of course, and then of course, a third way is with prayer. We thank God with prayer, Psalm eighteen and verse three, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. How many times I mean we could spend the whole morning just reading passages in the psalms that are prayers of David. How many times have we already read in the Psalms of David pouring his heart out to God and and the thing is not just even in thanksgiving of good times but in difficult times and then thanking God for his mercy toward him as David went through tough times as David went through times in his life where he fell where David sinned and calling on God to forgive him and then thanking God for his mercy and for for his loving kindness And for restoring him to fellowship again. In prayer, we thank God audibly with prayer. But we do this publicly. Not just privately, but we do it publicly. Psalm 57 and verse 9 said, I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations. And then we've already read about coming into the house of the Lord, the assembly of the Lord. We'll talk about that more in just a second. And so it's public. It's public. You know, I I think in this age that we live in where sometimes Christians are demeaned a little bit and we're mocked a little bit at times in some quarters, that it might be easy for us not to say much about our Christianity and about our faith. Don't be ashamed, young people and old people and all people, to publicly among the nations, among the peoples, wherever you are, to let people know you believe in God and thank God for what he has done. And it doesn't have to be a big deal. It did not have to be a, a sermonizing kind of thing or, or to say it to someone in some kind of a pejorative way to them that you're throwing it up to them. But just in a simple way, the, the, the Lord's blessed us with a beautiful day, hasn't he? Or the Lord has done this, or I, I thank the Lord that he's done this. To let the people know that you meet that you're a believer in God, that you're a Christ follower, and to publicly give thanks to God. So when should we give thanks? Well, the psalmist says, while entering His presence. Psalm 95 and 2 says, let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. And so as I come into the presence of God, I come into His presence thanksgiving. Now, that might mean multiple things, It might suggest to us that any time we pray to God, we come into His presence in a unique way, and that one of the parts of our prayer would be thanksgiving, that we thank God. But there is a sense, whether we're praying or not, that we are in the presence of God, and we come before His presence with a thankful heart. But he specifically says in Psalm 116, verse 19, that in the courts of the Lord's house, And in the midst of you, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord, that when we come into the house of God, when we come into the courts of the Lord, that we come in a public way and we give thanks. And so we come together this morning in a house of God, not literally this building, though we're in this building, but as the church of God, as the house of God, and together we give thanks. When should we give thanks? Well, the psalmist says, daily continually Psalm 34 verse 1 said I will bless the Lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth you see that comes back to what we said earlier about an attitude doesn't it that I mean no matter what happens that we can just look and we can feel the blessings of God and the presence of God and the goodness of God and that we continually thank God And praise God and give thanks to God for what he has done for us. Well, let's wrap up from our psalm study and think of a few things that we should give thanks for. This is by certainly no means an exclusive list. But it's a few things from the psalms. One is for God's goodness and mercy. We read in the opening in Psalm 100 about his mercy. His mercy is everlasting and how that he has blessed us with his truth for all generations. And how many times have we read, God is good to Israel. Bless the Lord, for he is good. And so we give thanks for God's goodness, that God is good. We give thanks for the mercy of God, that God is merciful and full of loving kindness. It would be a good exercise. We sometimes sing the song, Count Your Many Blessings. For us just to think about all the different ways that God has blessed us. All the different expressions and manifestations of God's goodness and mercy. I mean, how many could we list? I mean, we could begin right here today and we could think about our church family. And we think about those that encourage us. And we think about those that shepherd us and those that serve us. And and those that teach us. And then we, we could think about his sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And the example that Jesus left for us to follow. And we can think about the privilege of prayer and the forgiveness of sins and the hope of heaven. I mean, the list goes on and on, doesn't it? God's goodness and God's mercy. Let's thank God for His Word. We're going to get, uh, in not long, not too many weeks, to Psalm 119, which is the great psalm that deals with the Word of God. If I remember correctly, every verse, maybe except one verse, and that has nine or ten different synonyms for the Word of God. In verse 7, he says, I will praise you with an upright heart and learn of your righteous laws. And over and over in that psalm, he talks about the Word of God and and how that he meditates upon the Word of God and he's thankful for the Word of God and, and how that the law is in his mouth, and how that it directs him. We may take for granted the word of God. You know, all, all of us have access to the Bible. In fact, in this technological age in which we live, we don't only have access to it in a printed medium of a book. We have Bible programs on our computers, and, and now we have it on our phones. You know, the other night in we I. Bible study and something Dane came up and I can't remember what it was now that you said and I wanted to look it up and I couldn't remember the verse and uh, I don't have a Bible program on my phone but I thought I can find what he said and just Google it. I felt kind of weird pulling my phone out but I I typed in whatever I can't remember what what phrase was and but it pulled the verse I was looking for. I mean it's just an amazing thing that we have technologically that we can do that now. Don't abuse that and pull out your phone to Google where you're going to eat lunch today, okay? Uh, but people have the Bible on their phones and the commentaries, and all kinds of stuff on their phones or their iPad. A lot of preachers they're preaching from their iPads. I don't think I'm going to that. I just I'm just afraid it would freeze up or something would happen, you know. Just just give me the book and a piece of paper with some notes. I, that's I'm gonna go with that. But we have all kinds of ways, don't we? And in people that can't read or have lost their sight, that we have it on recordings that you can, you can listen to. It. And so we take it for granted. You know, we just celebrated the 500th anniversary of Martin Luther's 95 Theses. And I guess maybe I ought to parenthetically add, I, I certainly don't agree with all of Martin Luther's theology. But you know, Luther did bless the world in many ways in seeking a a reformation to get away from errors that he saw in the Catholic Church at that time and challenged the Pope to 95 different things that weren't in the Bible. But you know, one of the things that got Martin Luther in such big trouble with with the Pope and the Catholic Church, he dared to translate the Bible into German, the language of his people, so that everybody could read the Bible. And Martin Luther's idea was that it oughtn't to be the priest to interpret the Bible. The common people should read the Bible. The common people should be able to have access to God's Word. And we forget in America, there was a period in our world's history for hundreds of years that the common people, the average person, had no access to the Bible. They had no access to God's Word. They had to rely on other sources. And it's so readily available to us. And we forget that a man like Wycliffe would dare translate the Bible into English. And, and he, he was excommunicated from the Catholic Church. And in fact, one of the popes, I forget which it was, showed this, such disdain for Wycliffe that 50 years after he did this, he had Wycliffe's bones exhumed and burned and the ashes spread over the river, river Swift for what he did, translating the Bible into English. And yet we have it today. And if you speak Spanish, we got it in Spanish. I mean, we got it in every language, probably two hundred languages or better. I don't know, lots of languages. We have, we should give thanks for the word of God. And then the wonders of creation. Psalm one hundred and thirty nine, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and that I know full well. And Psalm after Psalm, Psalm eight, for instance, that, that speaks of creation, what is man that you're mindful of him, and how the, the, the God has made everything? I mean, psalm after psalm that speaks of the wonders of creation, the animal kingdom, the sun, the moon, and the stars, the mountains and the valleys. We ought not to look at a beautiful sunset and not think about God. God created it. God made it. I thank God for the creation of the world and for life on planet Earth that He has provided for us. And then how about the necessities of life for our food and shelter and clothing? Psalm 136, who says that God gives food to all flesh for His mercy endures forever. He goes on and says in that psalm, oh give thanks unto the God of heaven for His mercy endures forever. That He talks there about the sustenance that we have, the necessities of life to take care of us. And again, we live in a country with such abundance that maybe we just take for granted. We have food. Our, our little three-year-old grandsons or parents are teaching him to give thanks at the table. You know how some kids, I mean, they pray, they thank God for the turkey and the mashed potatoes and the green beans and the butter, I mean, and everything. But our little grandson, Roy, it was, it was kind of cute in a way, and said, Roy, would you like to give thanks? And he goes, yes. And he said, dear God, thank you. Amen. He is a boy of a few words, but I thought, well, Roy, that that sums it up pretty good. Just thank you. I don't need you. I don't need name all of it. You know, Lord, you thank you. <laughs> well, maybe we do good to ro- follow Roy's example and just say thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. The necessities of life, and then how about the victory that we have in. In the Lord. It's Psalm 18. And in verses 47 through 50. And this is one of the so many passages where the psalmist speaks like this. He said, the Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. Let the God of my salvation be exalted. It is God who avenges me and subdues the people under his feet and, and delivers me from my enemies. And you also lift me up above those that rise against me and have delivered me from the violent man. Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles, and I will sing praise to your name. Great deliverance he gives to his king, and he shows mercy to his anointed, to David and his descendants forevermore. We can give thanks to God for the victory over sin, over Satan, over evil, over death, over our enemies. That God has blessed us in so many ways, and through faith we have the victory. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Then I close with one more. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the God of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. And let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is our great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth and the heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his and he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker for he is our God and we are His people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Today, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. Don't harden your heart, ladies and gentlemen. Keep your heart tender. Keep it thankful. Have an attitude of gratitude. Realize that all that you have and all that you are and ever hope to be is because there's a God in heaven. And so this Thursday as you meet with family and friends and have turkey and dressing and pumpkin pie and all the fixings and you give thanks for those things and for family, let's remember its source. But not just on the fourth Thursday of November once a year. But every day, that it's all about God. And to be thankful to Him for who He is and for what He's done. Amen. If you're here this morning, not a Christian, we sure would like for you to be one. God loves you so much and His mercy and grace has poured out in such a way He sent Jesus to die for you. And you know, just an attitude of gratitude ought to cause us to say, Lord, what would you have me do? You sent your son to die for me? I'll I'll do whatever you want. And yet his plan is simple and unelaborated. He said, just believe. Repent. Confess allegiance to me and be baptized for the mission of your sins and choose to follow my word. And my commandments are not grievous. There's nothing that the Lord has commanded of us that's going to hurt us or harm us or, or make us feel like that we've got this burden in our lives. That, boy, this is really tough to be a Christian. Oh, there's challenges along the way, no doubt about it. But it's the best of all possible lives. Jesus said, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Oh, you'll fall and fail, make mistakes from time to time, but the mercy of God will forgive you, and you can come back and get on the straight and narrow path again. and He'll take you by the hand to lead you wow, isn't that a lot to be thankful for? Don't harden your heart to that. If you're a Christian that's struggling with the world, whatever influence that is that's causing you to compromise your faith, get away from that. Get back where you need to be. and Thank God that He will receive you back and that God is faithful. What a great God we serve. Can we help you? Can we serve you? Can we minister to you in some way? that you can be right with our great God. If we can, if we can would you come? all well, together we stand.